0: Are you one of our regular students for self-improvement Wednesday each week you get to learn something you your lesson this week migaloo the white whale your teacher is dr vanessa parotta wildlife scientist at macquarie university vanessa good afternoon
1: good afternoon richard
0: take us on a visit to migaloo uh, first discovered i think in, in in the early 90s off byron bay
1: that's right. So we're, we're talking about an animal the size of a bus, the humpback whale, but this one is completely all white. So it's like seeing an iceberg underwater. He, as he goes through the water, illuminates the water. It's an incredible sight to see.
0: Now, this is very rare, isn't it?
1: Yes, well, there's over 40,000 humpback whales in the East Coast population, and there's only a few or a handful or so that are predominantly white, but Migaloo is, in fact one of the only white humpback whales. So it's not every day that you see a white whale. And when you do, people talk about it. So there's already been a bit of a teaser humpback whale and the humpback whale northward migration this year seen off Fingal Head in New South Wales. But... That whale, through photographic evidence, we were able to show that that was not, in fact, Migaloo, the very famous white humpback whale. Okay,
0: so he hasn't been seen uh, this year. I mean, I'll ask you in a second when, it, at what points he has been seen, and I know you've seen him up close. But it, let's talk about him for a while. Is he, does that mean he's albino?
1: Well, we don't actually know if he's albino 100%. So we use the lingo hypopigmented. So in other words, mostly white, but, you know, we need to stay, when we see megaloo we can't get too close to him. So it's very important that because he's such a rock star of the whale world, we keep at least 500 metres away from him just because everyone wants to see this one whale. But if he comes closer to people in, in a vessel and we should times he has many times before, then getting photos of him is absolutely incredible and is allowing us to learn more about his features and the things that makes him migaloo. But, yes, in short, we don't believe, well, we don't actually know if he's 100% albino.
0: Mm. Now, Vanessa, you keep on saying him and he. How do we know he's male?
1: Well, that's a good question. Well, thanks to genetics, and back in the day, scientists were able to collect a skin sample from Mr. Migaloo. And through genetics, we're able to identify that it is, in fact, a he-whale. Because, Richard, with humpback whales, you can't just simply look at them and go, oh, yeah, that's a male and that's a female. You kind of need to turn them upside down and see if they've got certain parts. But so genetics has helped us work out that it is in fact, he-whale. And also by taking a sample of his skin from a whale which was believed to be Migaloo across the Dutch in New Zealand, (laughs) did in fact confirm that it was the Migaloo. So Migaloo is showing us that the humpback whales that visit Australia don't just always swim to Australian waters, but can in fact choose to make their migration along New Zealand as well.
0: Okay, so because you've you've written a lot and, and talked a lot about the, the pattern of migration, it's quite varied, is that they might take, take a, a different track closer to the east coast of Australia, closer to New Zealand, in each different in in uh, in, in various years.
1: Yes, and this, this is really important because there's a lot of variability in the migration. So we might have whales coming through earlier, and which typically we see humpback whales travel closer to shore on the northward migration. And then as they come south, that East Australian current or the EAC, it, it brings the animals kind of further offshore. But then we still do see variability with some whales coming in close. But learning about when and where whales go is really important because... Well, we don't often see them, and I know this sounds kind of bizarre, but they spend a lot of time at sea, out of sight and out of mind for some. I think about whales all year and every year. Um, And and these animals do make magnificent migrations, and I must point out, to extreme environments like Antarctica and the Great Barrier Reef in each year.
0: Okay, and the Great Barrier Reef, of course, they're, they're going to the breeding grounds, aren't they, of, of whales. Does that, does that mean that, that Migaloo might have offspring or is, or is Migaloo's days of, of that sort of stuff over?
1: Well, Migaloo is well into his 30s now, so he's well and primed to be a male. And the whale disco, I like to call it, is up in the Great Barrier Reef. And if he is successful, he, he may have offspring. And um, if he is successful, there could be our little Migaloo's out there. And there is known to be a, a, one or so more white whales out there. So you just don't know. But if he if he's lucky with the ladies, he will try and attract them, not only by the way he looks, but... That's my just personal opinion there. <laughs> but uh, but his song, if he has a very sexy repertoire, that's what will get the ladies in. And the ladies are interested in the whale song, which can vary from year to year. So what they were singing last year is likely not cool this year or is slightly varied. So the new hit this year is likely to be discovered. And uh, we'll be listening with hydrophones to hear what, what that sounds like.
0: Now, I wonder if the genetics will be carried over. Do you think there's a chance that if he has offspring, the offspring might be white as well?
1: Potentially. So it's, 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 it's we can't, unfortunately, work out who is is Migaloo's offspring because, well, humpback whales like to mate multiple times and so they're not very um, committed to a relationship. And so a female might have multiple matings and the males, well, they can do whatever they mm. like, but... Trying to find Migaloo himself is a one in over 40,000 chance and then trying to find his offspring, well, that's even trickier because we just don't know.
0: Although if you did find a a white whale in 10 years' time and you had a genetic sample, then you could compare it to Migaloo's genetic sample that you told us about and presumably find out if they were related.
1: Potentially, and, oh, that would be so juicy and exciting. So, yeah, I'm sure people would like to do that. And as genetics and technology and science evolves... We can ask more questions, and as we ask more questions, it provides more answers, and then more questions arise from that. So the science world and learning more about these animals is just incredible.
0: Hmm. Now, you said that he uh, he hadn't yet been seen in in 2022. He was first seen in in 1991. How, How often has he been seen?
1: Well, this is the thing. So he's not seen every year, and that's really important because there's a few people who think, well, we haven't seen Migaloo for maybe four years or we haven't seen him last year, he might be dead. And Well, these animals can live well over 50 to even 80 years of age. And so what I'm saying here is that there's going to be a lot of variability as to when we might see him. So the last official confirmed sighting was, in fact, in 2020 off Port Macquarie and last year he was not sighted at all there were some talk about seeing a white whale from the air remember richard the humpback whales are very white on the underside and if they're upside down they can very much look like a migaloo humpback whale so there's always caution whenever we hear a whale reporting of a white whale so it's up to a team and i to work out if in fact it is migaloo and then if it is we can try and work out or at least calculate his movements and where he's likely to be so this year, we don't know. It could be the year that we see him, or maybe he'll end up, as I said before, across the Dutch in New Zealand.
0: Across the Dutch, exactly right. And just finally, Vanessa, tell us about the time you saw him.
1: Well, I saw him in two thousand and fourteen off Sydney. I was at, I was at actually, what was I doing back then? My masters or PhD? Now, I was doing my masters where I was trying to prevent whale entanglement with fishing um, devices, at least a, a pinger to be placed on fishing devices um and so i heard that he was down south at cronella so i zoomed across because when you hear migalus in town you do not waste any any time so i followed the road, road rules and i traveled to Marubra, i believe i ended up and any headland i could and i could see him from there crystal clear he was so white he illuminated the water i mean you could not miss this big iceberg underwater, it was incredible and hopefully I'll get to see him a little bit closer in the near future.
0: That would be a very nice thing for you and we all can hope the same thing happens to us. Hey, Vanessa, thanks so much. Thank you. There's uh, Dr Vanessa Perotta. With another Self-Improvement Wednesday, you can listen back to her lesson on Migaloo, of course, online, abc.net.au. There you'll also find details of how to subscribe to the free Self-Improvement Wednesday podcast. Next week, a lesson from Dr Eliza Middleton, lab manager of the Invertebrate Behaviour and Ecology Labs at the University of Sydney. That's Self-Improvement Wednesday next week.